wonderful words of life. Let's look at some of those wonderful words of life this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. How this sermon, our anchor in the storm. You know, there's two kinds of people in the world. There are those who are going through a storm and those who will soon be going through a storm. We will all face troubles in this life. It's just normal. It's what this life is. It's just trouble. My heart is broken this morning because I know people in our church that are in the middle of a storm. Tina and Milt, they're in the middle of a storm. So many other people are too. But there's good news, storms don't last forever. And we're given all we need to make it through. We have an anchor, like I was telling the children. We can be secure in God, no matter how the storm rages. So this morning I want us to look at Paul. He's on a ship, he's in a storm. I want us to look at how we can be encouraged this morning. Because we're like Paul. Paul was uh, anchored because he was a child of God. He was a man on a mission. He was a man of faith, and he was in fellowship with God. Paul was secured even when the ship wasn't. So let's read Acts chapter 27, starting with verse 14. The Bible says, And not long after these arose against it a temptuous wind, called your Clydon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under, the, under a certain island, which was called Claudia, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken, it, taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, say, sail, and so we were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when, the, and when neither the sun nor the stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us. All hope that we should be saved was taken away. And after long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should, not hark- you should have hearkened to me and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm is lost. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there is no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. And there stood uh, by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Therefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as he told me, howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adra, about midnight the shipmen deemed, and they uh, drew near to uh, some country. 
and sounded and found it 20 fathoms. And when they had brought, uh, gone a little further, they sounded again and found it was 15 fathoms. And fearing least they should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you, Father, for your precious word. And Father, we thank you that your word is not just a road map, not just a guide, but it is full of the promises that we, we hold on to, Father, and believe in knowing that you don't lie, that you are faithful to us, Father, to keep your word. And we hold on to your truth, Father, as an anchor for our soul. And knowing that no matter what we go through, no matter what we face, you're there with us. And Father, we ask now, Lord, that you uh, show us things in your word that you want us to see. Because, Father, we're your church, and we're here to do your work. But we can't do that if we've been blown from side to side, from place to place. We shouldn't be looking to see if we can see the stars and the sun. We should know that you're with us even in the storm. So, Father, help us to understand this more clearly, to realize that we belong to you and that you'll never leave us. Father, we love you. We thank you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Paul is on his way to Rome. He had wanted to go there for some time. It's been his goal to go to Rome. And he went to Jerusalem and, and, and was arrested. And for two years, he was held there by Roman governors. They wouldn't release him because uh, they feared the Jewish leaders, but they wouldn't give Paul to them because he was a Roman citizen. And then Paul asked that his case be appealed to Caesar, and they agreed. And so he's on this ship now, headed to Rome, headed to Caesar. And Paul's storm is not uh, the fact that he is a prisoner. It's the fact that this is part of God's plan. He is facing a terrible storm that could kill everyone on the ship. We know it's a bad storm because those brave, experienced sailors uh, seem to be overwhelmed. They try to save the ship in their life. They cast four anchors in, trying to grab a hold so it wouldn't be tossed to the rocks. The ship was shaking and battered, but Paul was able to stand steady and strong. Paul also had four anchors in this storm. And those anchors are available to all believers, and we're going to look at them now. First of all, Paul was anchored by the presence of God. Look at verse 23 again. It says, for there stood by me this night an angel, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I'm, I serve. Paul was not alone. The Lord came to him to minister peace to his heart. And we can have that same confidence that Paul had in his relationship with God. We can have faith in the promise that he is always with us. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, teaching him to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll always be with you. I'm going to my Father's house, but I am in your heart. I sent my, my, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to come to be with you, so you will always be in the presence of God. You never have to think that you're alone or dealing with things that are outside uh, of your reach or outside of your ability to get over them because you can conquer anything because I am with you. It was... Uh, 
I was reminded this week of the hatred that the world has for Jesus. Many deny that he is God. And I faced that today, this week. But I want to tell you right now that the Bible is clear that Jesus is God in the flesh. John, the Gospel of John tells us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He makes it very clear about who Jesus is. Jesus is not that baby born in Bethlehem. Jesus is the Son of God who came and took on flesh to dwell among us to go to the cross. There is no doubt that Jesus is God. One God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I love the old hymn that says, In times like these, you need a Savior. In times like these, you need an anchor. Be very sure, be very sure, your anchor holds and grips a solid rock. It says, this rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. I'm very sure, I'm very sure, my anchor holds and grips a solid rock. Listen, there's a world out there who is tossing and turning, and they're throwing line after line after line, trying to get that anchor to hold on to something. But nothing is sturdy enough to keep them from swinging from side to side and from going from one doctrine to the next. The only thing that secures us, that keeps us steady, is Jesus Christ. Psalms 23, 4 says, And yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff that comfort me. What an encouragement it is to know that we've never faced anything alone. Every step, every valley, every mountain is in the presence of God. Satan wants us to believe that God doesn't care about us, that he allows us to go through storms. But the truth is, the storm is where we're drawn closer to God. We're talking about, uh, um, in our Sunday school class, we're going through uh, Revelation. We're in uh, chapter 13. Chapter 13 is where Satan's been cast out of heaven, and he's cast back down to the earth, and the Antichrist is, is coming into his power. And we see how that uh, Satan can't create anything. He just takes what's there and twists it. And, and turn, turns it to fit his own agenda. Uh, the Antichrist is not Christ. It's other than Christ. It's the opposite of what we want. It's what the world wants. And that's what he does. He tries to twist everything. And he has no power over us. We give him so much power. We're so afraid of Satan. He has so much power. He doesn't have any power. But he does have the ability to deceive and to fool and to trick. He didn't make Eve grab that fruit off that tree. He just talked her into it. He lied. Told her a, a, a fib to get her to think that, hey, that's what I need to do is to take that fruit. Storms never change the love that God has for us. He loves us. No matter what. No matter where we go, no matter what we go through, His love never changes. Psalms 23.6 says, Surely goodness goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Even if you're walking through a storm, even though things are happening to you you don't understand, the Bible says right there, surely goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life. So no matter what you're facing, if you just look around, you'll see the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God all around you. It would be such a blessing if we could physically see God standing before us. 
if we could see his angel standing there. See Michael, the archangel, standing there just guarding over us. But even if you can't see him, he's always there watching, leading, protecting, and being our God. And that's my prayer for Tina, is that she sees the presence of God there. He, it doesn't take away the sadness. It doesn't take away the hurt. But there's a secure feeling when you know that you're anchored to the solid rock. So many times we feel like we're alone, that God doesn't know what we're going through, and nothing could be further than the truth. That's just a lie from Satan. As a child of God, we are always in his presence. In Psalms, chapter 139, starting verse 6. It says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot obtain into it. Whether shall I go from thy spirit? And whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, and even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth from, not, from, uh, hideth not from thee, but the light, night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike unto thee. Nothing hides us from God. Nothing takes us out of his presence. David here explains that no matter what, no matter where he goes, he cannot leave the presence of God. Our storm is not proof that God is not with us. God doesn't always remove the storm, but he promises to ride it out with us. Second, Paul was anchored by the promises of God. Look at verse 24 and 25 again. It says, saying, Fear not, fear not, Paul, thou, shalt, uh, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sell with thee. Therefore, sirs, be of good cheer, and, for I believe God, that it shall be even as he has told me. As Paul weathered this long and terrible storm, that God gave him some precious promises. He reminded Paul, he says, Paul, you're going to stand before Caesar. I don't care what kind of storm this is. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how it looks right now. I don't care if you haven't seen the stars or the sun in 14 days. I don't care what these sailors are telling you. You're going to stand before Caesar. And not only that, everybody in this ship is going to be saved alive. For Paul, just having the word from God was enough to anchor him and, and to give him that blessed assurance. And he knew that God was true to his word. This ain't Paul's first storm. Paul knew when God said that he was going to save him from this storm, he knew it was going to happen. That's why it's important for us to read God's word. It's important for us to, to understand the promises, to, to grab a hold of them. And, and don't just read them, but take them and apply them to your heart and say, I'm hanging on to this. He's, God said it. It's mine. I'm keeping it. Whatever happens to me, I'm, I'm not letting go of this because God said it. And therefore, it must be coming true. Our storms are opportunities to show God that we trust his word. Romans 4.21 says, And being fully persuaded that what he hath promised, he was able to perform. Sometimes we go through storms and we can't figure out what's going on. We can't figure out why things are happening. It doesn't matter why. 
It just matters how we're going to get through it, and it's God. Hebrews uh, 6.18 says, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we must have a strong consolation who have fled uh, for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. You know God don't, don't lie. You know he's promised you eternal life through his son. You hold on to that. You refuse to believe anything else. Knowing God cannot lie, his promises give us total security. That's what Paul had. I wrote down just a few of the promises here that I, I think about sometimes. God promises brighter days. In Psalms 35 it says, For his anger endureth uh, but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Amen? Whatever we're going through, whatever pain and suffering we're going through in this world, it only lasts for a moment. Because one day we'll stand before him in all eternity. There'll be no more pain, no more suffering. God promises uh, deliverance. Psalms 34, 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of all of them. Amen. Doesn't matter what we go through. He's going to deliver us. God promises everything for our good. In Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that, are, that love God and who are called according to his purpose. I know sometimes it's hard for us to see that. Sometimes things happen in our lives that we can't understand. And we can't wrap our heads around the fact that the God, God meant this for good. God meant this for good. But as you look back on things that's happened in your life, I remember some horrible things that happened to me, some terrible storms that I went through. And at the time, I couldn't tell you one good thing about any of that. But looking back, I know that God got me through it. Uh, my relationship became stronger with the Lord because of it. Whatever this world throws at you, whatever Satan wants you to think, God can use it for good. God promises his grace. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he saith unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on, upon me. Sometimes we go through storms, so God says, I, just need you, I need you to understand that you're not going to be able to do this by yourself. God says, I need you to come down off your high horse just a little bit because it ain't about you. You're not going to be able to do this unless you know that I am here with you. It's not your strength. It's the strength that I give you in your weakness. That's the most important thing. God's promises are based on his word. It, is, it will stand when all else fails. Psalms 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Nothing will change that. Claiming the promises of God as an anchor will unlock the prison of despair that Satan wants to keep us in. Paul trusted the word of God. Third, Paul was anchored by the provisions of God. Look at 24 again. It says, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. This storm is not something that happens to stop God's plan. But it is part of his plan that is working out in Paul's life. Sometimes we, we, 
I think sometimes we want things to go perfect in our life. We want everything to work out. We were, we're saved now. We have eternal life. We, I have forgiveness of sin. Uh, I, I, I have his righteousness. I can go before God anytime I want to. I'm a child of God. I'm working for the kingdom. We think everything's going to be sunshine and roses. But God says, no. Jesus said, no, it's not going to be like that. He warned us. He said, listen, they hate me. They'll hate you. They'll despise me. They despise you. They want to persecute me. They'll want to persecute you. Don't take this world lightly. You're going to make a difference in someone's life, but the rest of the world who won't listen to me, who won't, who won't understand that I love them, will try to kill you. They'll despise the words you're saying. They'll despise the fact that you talk about Jesus, that you claim to be a part of the kingdom of God because of Jesus. But Paul needed to understand from God that he wanted, God wanted him to see that, listen, you're going to go before Caesar. All these with you are going to be saved. Right now, the safest place for you to be is in this storm. How can it be? And the sailors wouldn't agree with that, would they? And sailors who were feared for their life, who knew they were going to die, who didn't see any hope at all, how can that be the safest place for them? Because Paul was in the will of God. And sometimes we think we go through storms because we're not in his will. But sometimes his will takes us through the storms. Because he's in his will, Paul is working and God is working through, his, through, his, through the storm. The same is happening to us now. God is sovereign. He is in absolute control of everything. And God uh, provides us all that, that all that we need to endure the storms. Psalms 57.1 says, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee, yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make, uh, will I make my refuge until these calamities be passed over. It's sad. It's sad that sometimes a Christian will have to get to the point where he has to go seek refuge to the Lord before he actually goes and visits God. God says, you can come before me anytime you want to. Jesus ripped down the veil in the temple. There's no separation between me and you anymore. You can come to me anytime you want to. You can come before the throne of grace anytime you can be in my presence. But the only time we seem to want to come to him is when we need shelter, when we need protection from the storm. God says, come to me. All these are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Our confidence must be in God no matter what happens to us. No matter what happens in this life, we know that God loves us and sent his son to die for us. We have to be like Job. In Job chapter 1, starting verse 20, Job had lost everything. He lost his children. He lost his, his livelihood. He, he lost his house, his homes. He lost uh, his health. He got stricken with boils. And what did Job do? Verse 20 says, And then Job arose and rent his mantle, shaved his head, and fell, on, fell down upon the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return hither. The Lord give, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, uh, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. 
Remember the story? Satan goes to God and said, God says, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan says, the only reason he loves you for, and the only reason he worships you is because you give him everything. He has plenty of money. He has plenty of children. He has, he's very prosperous. The only reason he loves you is because you give him things. If you take all that away, he'll curse you. God said, okay, take it. Take it all away from him. Just don't take his life, but take everything else. Job said, Lord giveth, Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What an attitude we should have. God's love is not based on what troubles you're going through. God's love is based on the fact that you can trust that he's going to always be there. You can trust that he's prepared a place for you that's not this world, but is in the world to come. Blessed be the name of the Lord in all kinds of weather. God never changes. We need to trust in him. And even after Paul received the great promises, the men of the ship still tried to take care of, the, uh, of their situation themselves. Isn't that like the world? God said, I, I send my son to die for the sins of the world. That Anyone who believes in Jesus can have eternal life. And everybody in the world says, no, I, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a different way. There's got to be something else besides that. There's something I can do. And these sailors thought the same way. He said, we've got to take care of this ourselves. Look at verse 28 and 29. It says, and sounded and found it 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it 15 fathoms. They knew they were getting closer and closer to the rocks. And then fearing lest they should have fallen upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. Ain't that something? We, we cast our anchor on the solid rock, Jesus Christ, and we don't wish for nothing because we trust and believe in what we've done. Now, that's our solid rock. That's our foundation. That's our firm footing that nothing can take us away from there. That's what we need to grab a hold of that solid rock. And these sailors threw four anchors out and then prayed and wished that they'd grab a hold of something. I'm telling you right now, the world's out there. They'll listen to every doctor that comes along. They'll listen to what anybody says. And they'll throw an anchor hoping it'll catch to something, not realizing that it's just shifting sand. It's no, it, it doesn't have, grab no purpose. It just drags along. And they continue to be blown from place to place. The only thing secure enough to hold our anchor is Jesus Christ. The world refuses to see. When the anchors didn't hold, they tried to get off the ship. Look at verse 30. And as the shipmen uh, were about to flee out of the ship, then they had let, her, uh, let, her, let down the boat into the sea under color as though they could have cast anchors out of the fore, of the fore ship. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Paul let them know, he said, you're trying to get off this ship to be saved. Paul says, no, no, no. If you leave this ship, you're, you're done. You're ruined. You're, you're gone. You're going to die. The only safety is in this ship. The only safety you have is with God. What a metaphor that is for life. I don't care where you go. I don't care what you do. You can leave. You can go wherever you want to. But unless you stay with Jesus Christ, you're doomed. The world is doomed without him. The men fought and were afraid. And they didn't have the right anchor. They didn't have the right intentions. They didn't see God. Jesus is the only answer. He is our solid rock. And finally, Paul was anchored by the work of God. Look at verse 44. And the rest, 
some of the boards, some on boards, and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. God broke that ship apart, broke it into pieces. Good thing he did for it because they all had something to grab a hold of so they could hold on to a piece of wood so they can get to shore. What God told Paul and what Paul believed came to pass, and everyone made it safely to shore. God kept his word. And this was not Paul's first storm, as we talked about. God is able to work it out. He will get you through your storm, no matter what it is. Think about all the storms uh, you've weathered. Think about all the things God gives you. All right? He gives you his word. You can read his word. You can read the promises in here. He gives you the people of God. He gives you a church family to rally around you, to help you, to encourage you, to show you what you need to understand and what you need to do and, and, and what you need to see, how God's working in your life. He gives you the Holy Spirit so you can feel his presence, so you know that he's always with you. He gives us everything that we need. It may look like your ship is sinking. It may look like the storm is going to prevail. But when the winds stop, when the rain ends, and when the sun shines through the clouds, you will see that God was in control all along. Our God is strong and powerful. What does Luke 1.37 tell us? For with God, nothing shall be impossible. God is able to do more than we can even imagine. In Ephesians 3.20, the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. <clears throat> so many times we say, Lord, I'm going through it. Lord, I, I don't know where to turn. This is, this is more than I can bear. Lord, you need to get me out of this. You need, you need to get me out of this. And God looks down and says, listen, I'm about to show you something you won't even believe. I'm about to do something in your life that will, will, will change you. I, I'm trying to grow you from the inside out. I'm going to make you see that you can trust and believe in me. God didn't save you to lose his grip on you in the storm. He saved you to take you home to glory. In John chapter 6, starting with verse 37, the Bible says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came uh, down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which he hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should rise, raise it up again in the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up in the last day. Trust in God's work. Listen, have you set your anchor deep in the Lord today? If so, you can weather any storm. If not, you will be blown around by every wind. So today, church, if we're going to serve God, if we're going to, if we're going to weather these storms, we need to be anchored in his presence, anchored in his promises, anchored in his provision, and anchored in the work that God is doing in our lives. And I'm telling you right now, if you're not saved, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, 
your anchor's not holding anything. You, you can cast out as many anchors as you want. You're still going to crash on them rocks. Only a relationship with Jesus Christ can anchor your soul. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to tell you, if you're here today and you, you, you don't know Christ as your Savior, you've never made that profession of faith, you never told Jesus, that you never told God that said, I'm a sinner, I need to be saved. And you've never seen Jesus as that Savior. Today can be the day. You're headed for the rocks. You have no hope. You have, you have nothing that can do to save you from where you're headed, except Christ. He is that solid rock. If you don't know him today, come talk to me. Come talk to someone. Let us point to you in the way so you can see how much God loves you and has sent his son to die for you. Church, if you're here today and you're going through storms, understand that uh, that storm's there for a reason to draw you closer to God to make you seek refuge from Him to, to make you stronger in His strength, not in your strength sometimes we have to be broken down to a certain point where we realize that I can't do nothing so I have to rely completely and totally upon God and then the strength that flows through you through the power of God is a life changing, world changing kind of power that's what God wants for His church I want you to picture this. Picture every church in the, in the world, every church member in the world realizing that they have absolutely no power to do anything. Falling on their face in front of God and begging and pleading for His strength in their lives. Imagine what they can do if they make themselves a vessel open to the power of God, to His strength. His direction, His work. Church, that's what we need. If you're here today and you're not going through the storm, there's somebody close by that is. Be an encouragement to them. Lift them up. Let them know that you're praying for them, that you're thinking about them, that you're there if they need to talk. Because that's what we're here to do, to lift each other up, to be an encouragement, to be a help to edify the saints and to reach the lost. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your precious word. Lord, we thank you for the stories in the Bible that point us in the direction we need to go. Father, we thank you so much for loving us, for being that shelter in a storm, for our being that anchor, Father, so that we're no longer tossed around. We're no longer blowed from here to there. We're we're solid in our faith in our hope in you Father help us to hold on to your promises help us to always realize no matter what Satan tells us you don't lie and you will never forsake us and you will never leave us Father I pray for all those who are going through the storm Father we can only do so much but we can tell them how much God loves them how much you care for them and how much you're with them. And we can pray. Father, help us to be your church. Help us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost and help us to strengthen the believers, Father. So 
so we, we can serve you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, as we rely upon your strength and not ours. For it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Thanks.